What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday, November the 17th, and it is time for The Wire. We are almost all the way NFL focused. We might we might dive into some NBA today, but there was some stuff that I think we need to talk about uh, with the Lions, some stuff going on with uh, Cam Newton. Is he in the Wire headline today? I think he is. Uh, something good to go on with uh, Tom Brady. Tom, I'm sorry, I wrote it in here. Tom the Goat Brady uh, and so much more. The Wire starts right now. All right, folks, welcome to The Wire. Uh, we are a little short staffed, but that doesn't mean we can't talk sports. We've got Trey and Marvin Scott in the house. How are we doing, fellas? Doing great, man. Good to see you, fellas. Ready to roll. Good, good. Ready to see you guys. Favorite time of the week. Favorite time of the week. Oh yeah, let's dive on in. Uh, like I said, I I brought all NFL, but we, we can open up to some some live NBA discussion if we uh, have the time. We're a little bit shorter today, so let's get right into it. The Detroit Lions they broke their 12 game losing streak <laughs> in the Sunday Night Football matchup that ended in a tie at 16 against none other than uh, my former. Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not a full-on Marvin walking away from Green Bay yet, but I'm I'm getting pretty close. Uh, the game was essentially a comedy of errors. Uh, keep in mind, Ben Roethlisberger was out, uh, and with this, you know, kind of the way the season has gone so far, you would think this would be an opportunity for Mason Rudolph to step up and prove himself, uh, but instead, he was 30 for 50. Uh, he did throw for 242 yards. He got a touchdown and an interception. Uh, on the other side, Jared Goff, he was playing on a strained oblique. Um, he was 14 for 25, and he only had 114 yards. Pittsburgh's real only offensive weapon was one Najee Harris, not on my fantasy team, uh, who managed to still get 105 yards rushing. Uh, we had turnovers. We had missed opportunities all over the place. Uh, fellas, Keep in mind that looking at this game from the outside, Baltimore and Cleveland both lost this week, which would have actually put Pittsburgh in a tying position with Baltimore for first place in the division had they got a win over the Detroit Lions, who had previously lost 12 games. Um, <laughs> I'm not salty. I'm, I'm an unbiased moderator here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to set it around the horn. Marvin, why don't we get started with you, man? What is your biggest takeaway uh, from Pittsburgh and Detroit? Well, first off, man, it's okay to feel those emotions, man. The Packers uh, put me through a lot back in the day. So I get it, man. I get it. I don't blame you for feeling how you do. But uh, the biggest takeaway from this game was, you know, the Steelers not having Big Ben. And then put in Mason Rudolph in the lineup. I felt like that was a mistake for Mike Tomlin. I mean, you've got Dwayne Haskins. I feel like Dwayne Haskins is a better player than Mason Rudolph. That's just that's just me. 
Um, he had he he played well during the preseason, so I didn't understand. Um, you know, Mason Rudolph has been with the team for a while, but I mean, he hasn't really done much. He, even when he did have the starting job, when Big Ben was hurt that season, he didn't really do he didn't really do too much of anything except get into Miles Garrett. Uh, but this game was, you know, just a, a testament to that. You know, the Steelers don't have a plan in terms of a QB if, you know, Big Ben goes down. Like, they don't have a guy that can game manage, you know, the game and, you know, get them to a win. I, I, I just didn't, I didn't see that Sunday and I don't see that going forward, you know, if the Steelers don't have Big Ben. I know it was just, you know, he was on the COVID list, but Say he just faces another injury. I mean, you can't, they just can't lean on their backup right now. So I thought that Dwayne was going to start. Um, this is not like, you know, I mean, you got to give the Lions credit. They they fought, they're trying to win. But the Steelers came in with obviously more weapons. And all they had to do, all Mason Rudolph had to do was just be prepared for the moment. And it just seems like every time, Big Ben goes down. They just have no plan. They just have no plan. And then for the future, they have no plan. So that was the biggest takeaway from this game. I was like, wow. They, even with Big Ben, the struggles he's had, you know, the start of the season, it's just amazing that, you know, if he if he's out, they can't win. And, and even though they didn't take an L, but I don't see them... I don't see them winning without Big Ben if he was out. So that's the biggest thing. Absolutely. And for a man who's uh, 39 years old, you would think sometime they might consider a backup plan because uh, Ben Roethlisberger is certainly no Tom Brady. I took the glasses off. So you know it's serious. <laughs> Trey, what is your biggest takeaway from this game? Uh... My biggest takeaway from this game is that the AFC is a crap game right now. Um, Mason, I think they need. I think Pittsburgh needs to move on from Mason Rudolph. He's never going to pan out. He is not their quarterback of the future. Uh, I think that this game, it looks like both squads were really efficient running the ball. Um, I, to be honest, I did not watch this game, um, but. For Mason Rudolph to throw the ball 50 times is absolutely. I, I don't know who came up with that offensive game plan, but they should have kept feeding Isaiah Harris uh, or Snell. If they, I mean, I and I didn't really learn anything about either team. I you, you would expect Pittsburgh to win this game just off their defense alone. Um, I don't know what really happened. Uh, I think Ben Roethlisberger. Um, to be honest with you, the, the the yard per attempt on his pass didn't really wasn't too far off of what Ben is doing right now. He just Ben may have made better decisions with the football. But this this game just and and a side question: How come every time there's a tie bang, Pittsburgh's in the middle of it? Oh, well, I looked that up. As far as finishing with a tie, it was 2018, the last time they did. I think last year we had one with Cleveland involved. Okay. Uh, I think Cincinnati had one, and then yeah. uh, again in 2019. But yeah, it does seem like Isn't they get it involved. It seems like it's just Pittsburgh all the time with the tie game. Every well, the year. whole 
to, to get a little biased for a second, the whole season last season felt that way because they had a fraudulent 11-0 record uh, that basically screwed them out of any opportunity of making a move on a quarterback, which is what they desperately need to do. Uh, and definitely give Haskins over uh, Rudolph and get Rudolph out of there. You he should have left after the Rudolph, uh, Rudolph v. Garrett won. Maybe they're just trying to box office sell the, the rematch. I'm not sure. Um, I get it. <laughs> I, it was, it's, I had the pleasure of talking with Richie uh, behind the scenes of H2G before we got started. And uh, he had mentioned how really it's great for Najee Harris. This could be a situation where if Ben can't come back and they decide to con- continue to try to foster something between Rudolph and and Haskins, maybe this turns into a King Henry scenario. However, he did make a make a point to say Najee Harris is no King Henry. He's he's no King Henry, but if football is a is not a difficult sport to understand, if you have a top tier defense and you can control the ball by running by your running game, you're gonna win games. And that's exactly with especially with Ben out. That's exactly what they need to do. Get into Najee, and that Najee, I believe, is a part of Marvin's fantasy squad. Is that correct? Yeah, he's mine. Yeah. Oh, oh. no. He's yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's on my squad. <laughs> I played against him in my other league, and I mean, every time he touches the ball, I mean, I think he's going to score. Yeah, he, he is. He's a hot shot. I think he deserves better than Pittsburgh, but he may end up getting stuck there just because there's no quarterback game plan. All right, let's move on. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, something I thought was pretty exciting. He did not start. The way this is written, I realized it after I wrote it. Let me just point out, uh, he didn't start. But Cam Newton made his return to Carolina this week. He told reporters in a post-game interview that his first day of work was Thursday. Um, and from the way that things looked, he, it, it really didn't seem like much time had passed in regards to Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Carolina gave uh, the Kyler Murray lit Murray list Cardinals their second loss with a score of 34 to 10. Uh, now keep in mind Cam only played seven snaps, but in that amount of time he did have one passing touchdown as well as a rushing touchdown for a couple of yards. Uh, so first off, this is a two-parter. <clears throat> I'd like to get your take on Cam's return uh, and seeing a little bit of success. In, the, in those seven snaps and his first return, you know, he'd been there since Thursday after what we what we saw, uh, and he's been without a job for a couple of months. Uh, and then the back part of this question is, should he get the start next week against the Washington football team over P.J. Walker? Uh, and I think we started with Marvin last time, so let's start with Trey. Um, first and foremost, it was really good to see Cam back at the Carolina Panthers. Um, it just seemed right. Um, I think he should get the start. Uh, he's box office. His name is synonymous with the Carolina Panthers. He built them up to where they are right now. Um, him and Christian McCaffrey on the same page. Um, him and Moore on the same page. He knows the guys. It, it, he knows that state. He built it. Um, I don't, PJ, and he's an MVP. I don't know who PJ Walker is. I don't know where he came from. He's not a household name. He doesn't have any claims that he was very efficient. I mean, he was 22 of 29, 167 yards, uh, one interception. Uh, but 
if Cam Newton can come three or four, eight yards, have two touchdowns, that's pretty much a Cam Newton game. That, that's what you're going to get. He's going to rush. He's going to pass. I think if Cam Newton just stays true to who he is, they can make it work. Carolina's defense is both the backbone of their squad right now. Anyway, so if they're going to do the turnaround, they're 5-5 five and five right now. If they're going to have a turnaround, they're going to rely heavily on their defense. They're going to rely heavily on Christian McCaffrey. And they just need Cam Newton to cut down on um, mistakes. And with him being out of the game um, and no one picking him up, there was no, there's really no offense for him. I think he's humbled himself to a point to where he just needs, he's at a place where he just wants to enjoy the game and have fun. And if that's what they're going to be doing down in Carolina, I feel really scared for my division because they can sneak up on some of, some of they can they can beat the uh, Falcons. That's my squad. Uh, the Saints, you don't know whether they're good or bad um, each day. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the Bucks, but the Bucks have weaknesses and. With their running game, they can with their running game and with their offense and their defense, they can exploit all uh, deficiencies in that division. So it's going to be a toss up, and I don't know why, but the, the season just seems so much longer. So they have the time to do it to turn this thing around. Absolutely, plenty of time, Marvin. What did you make uh, of of seeing Cam Newton not only getting into the end zone, but looking out into the audience and saying uh, very loud and clear, "I'm back." To the uh, to the NFL, uh, what did you make of Cam Newton making his his run back? And do you think he should get the start next week? I loved it. I mean, like what Trey said, he is box office. He is. And when you think of the Carolina Panthers, you think of Cam Newton. And it was just good to see like everything that he had, he had gone through with the Patriots and just being released and all that, and um, him not, you know taking that opportunity to get down on himself or give up the game. Like he stayed in shape, stayed positive. And, you know, seeing him on Sunday doing what he does, doing what we used to see Cam Newton do, was great to watch. You know, he's taking the Panthers to a Super Bowl. Uh, he's been the MVP. So I feel like, you know, his name in itself has enough cachet to, you know, start, get the starting job. P.J. Walker, um, is an XFL quarterback. Um, I mean, he's just not that good. <laughs> I mean, he's okay, but he's just not that good. He's not Cam Newton. The fans want to see Cam Newton. Uh, fantasy managers want to see Cam Newton. Everybody does. So I feel like this is like the perfect timing for this, the Panthers to turn it around. You know, their defense, you know, the addition of Stephon Gilmore um, and their, their defensive front, I just feel like they, they could – they can honestly turn this thing around in that division because you don't know what's going on with you know with the Saints. The Bucks are kind of falling off right now. Well, um, the Saints are missing Alvin Kamara and the Falcons. Uh, I'm sorry, Trey. They look bad. They look bad the other day. No, they, they look bad. They, they look bad. bad. They look bad. But I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for them to turn it around next week. Just so many injuries, and y'all need Calvin Ridley back. But the, it looks like the division's up for grabs right now, and I think Cam Newton is 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 more confident than he's ever been. And don't be surprised if the camp the Panthers sneak into the wild card because it can. A quick take: this this question didn't make it into the outline; just kind of came spur of the moment. But is is this the kind of thing you need to do if you if you're sitting if you're a Cam Newton former? 
you know, MVP, taking the taking the Panthers to a Super Bowl. Not a great turnout uh, over there in New England. And now you're without a job and you come back and you get seven snaps. Is this what you need to do with those seven snaps? As far as putting, um, as far as putting a, a reel together to make a difference, I think you need to maximize the seven snaps. The seven snaps, he got two touchdowns. Um, and it, it wasn't the prettiest thing, and it's never going to be with Cam Newton, but he does, he does what he needs to do to get the wins. Look, uh, if they would have took, um, before these games happened, if they would have started the playoffs, Atlanta would have got a wild card game. Now, it looks like Carolina had to get that wild card game. So, the NFC and AFC, both divisions are up for grabs right now. Um, and if they continue on this path and start from here and move forward, they continue to put some wins together, they could do some damage. We may have, we may in fact have a really competitive playoff season this year. Um, second question on this with Kyler Murray trying to recover from the ankle sprain, uh, I haven't heard as of while we're recording whether or not he's going to make it to, to action and to work this weekend. Uh, what does Colt McCoy, keep in mind he was 11 for 20 uh, with 107 yards, need to do to preserve this season in the meantime? Marvin. Speaking as a Kyler Murray owner in my other fantasy league, uh, Colt McCoy can't hold it down <laughs> for the rest of the season. <laughs> we all know that. Colt McCoy uh, had great success in college in Texas, but he's not an NFL starter. I mean, he had a great game last week, but that's because they, I mean, when you have a backup that comes in, teams aren't, they don't, you, they kind of, they play down in the competition sometimes. They don't really take the guy seriously, so they don't. he's not on the scouting report. But he was on the scouting report this week. And Kyler Murray being out, them, you know, preserving his health, I think they're doing the right thing. Uh, Kyler Murray uh, reportedly says he feels great. Um, he's optimistic about coming back. Um, ankle feels real good, but they're looking at the, the big picture. You know, Cliff Kingsbury and the coaching staff, they're looking at the big picture, which is smart because DeAndre Hopkins was also banged up with a hamstring injury. So they're looking at the long-term view. They got the bye coming up next week. So I imagine that Colt McCoy will get one more start and they'll, Kyle Murray and DeAndre Hopkins will get healthy through the bye and they'll come back because they understand that the Rams have just had Odell Beckham Jr. You know, Seahawks got Russell Wilson back, even though they put up a, a bagel against the Packers the other day. We'll talk about them later. That was just disgusting. Um, and um, the 49ers was gaining momentum. So, I mean, when you look at it, um, Kyler Murray will be back and um, the offense will probably move with it, you know, will be more efficient than what it is now because um, Colt McCoy can't get the job done. But um, I think that uh, the, the, the Cardinals are doing the right thing by, you know, holding DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray out right now. Uh, Same question, yeah. I'm going to say this is less about Cole McCoy holding the season down and more about uh, Kingsbury doing what he needs to do to ensure um, a level of success that his team is achieving right now. What I mean by that is um, Cole McCoy threw for 20 times and they ran the ball 17 times. 
as a team. Um, oh, excuse me. They ran the ball 20 times and they threw the ball 29 times as a team. If you want to have success where Colin Murray is out, you're going to have to – you can't swing the ball. You're going to have to run the game. You're going to have to run the ball. And you're going to have to use play action passing off of that to get it to the receivers that you have, which they have a plethora of receivers. Um, you got to make it easy for him. He is not – if he was a great quarterback, then he'd start somewhere, but he's not. He is what he is. He hasn't been a great quarterback since – that's just who he is. So if you want success while Colin Murray's out, you need to set his team up. How do you do that? You you coach your defense up, you make sure they're stingy, and you play off your running game. You have the backs to do it. Um, they're not elite backs, but you have a stable of backs back there. You got Connor. He's serviceable. You got Ben. Like, you, you have backs. So I do think that it's less about... Colt McCoy being in those situations and more about Kingsbury setting the team up for success. Absolutely. Folks, we want to know what you think. Let us know in the comments below on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and where all audio podcasts are found. Folks, we've been putting up uh, Q&As and uh, another, like a, what do they call it? Like a poll on the audio podcast chime in there I, I do need to shout out our one of our fans and i don't want to get it wrong i think it's shia um listens in huge fan of sahi who are missing this week but sahi we know you're watching at home you got a fan that's, that's a big fan she's a big fan of the show in general we thank you for tuning in every week uh all of you we'll be right back when we come back we got some more nfl don't go anywhere you're watching the wire and listen to the wire <laughs> The H2G Podcast, Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in to H2G to hear us talk about the real topics. Topics like the heartbeat law, social media, and more. The H2G Podcast, Season 7, every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm not, I swear I'm not forgetting about the patrons, but I'm, I'm sometimes forgetting about the patrons. Because they're not here yet. We haven't had anybody join, so... <laughs> I'm going to have to release all this BTS footage as one long-ass video. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's bust this out. We can get back into the film talk. Welcome back to The Wire, everybody. Gentlemen, uh, we are NFL-focused for the most today, and that is because there were just some games that really stuck out to me. Uh, the next one I want to get into the reigning Super Bowl champs moved to six and three now um, as they lost 29 to 19 to the Washington football team. Just pause, little road stop right here, rest area. They still don't have a fucking name. Anyway, um, Tom the Goat Brady was 23 for 34, 220 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Um, on the other side, Taylor Heineke was 26 for 32. He had 256 yards and a touchdown. Um, let's do the same thing. Let's start with the biggest takeaway from the matchup, and I think we're back to Marvin here. Um, yeah, it was. I was kind of stunned, but uh, you know, this this happens. You know, any given Sunday, uh, the, the Washington football team came out and uh, they stuck to the run game. Antonio Gibson shocked me. I have him in my other league, <laughs> but uh, he went off and had two touchdowns. 
And when they said he was pretty much done for the season with a shin injury that he can't seem to get over, but didn't seem like that bothered him this week. He ran all over the Bucks, which was shocking because the Bucks have been known for the you know stout rush defense. So it was just kind of crazy that they they weren't really able to get any stops. But uh, Tom Brady's kind of he hasn't really been playing. He really hasn't been playing well, you know, for the most part. Um, but I think that's just him being absent of weapons. You know, AB has still been out. Brock has been out. Uh, Godwin's been dealing with it, an injury too. But, you know, so their offense has been, you know, kind of capped. So um, uh, it's not the, the Bucks don't need to hit the panic button. I think they'll be fine. But uh, they definitely got to make some uh, adjustments on defense because either they're playing down to opponents or they're just this not or it's the injuries, but they gotta get they gotta get together or this is gonna be a a hole they can't come out of, you know. So hopefully they can get the guys back. But uh we'll see what happens next week. Trey, we know there's no Tom Brady slander uh from your your part of the studio uh here on the wire, but uh they are six and three now. There are is there some cause for concern here? What's your biggest takeaway from the from the matchup? You're right. There is no Tom Brady slander. Uh, but what happened is they had a bad game. That's just all it is. Uh, people because the Washington is three and six. Uh, people are forgetting that they have front seven on the defense. Um, they have a gunslinger for a quarterback, Heineke, who will take chances down the field and is not scared to make plays. And like I said earlier, they have some glaring holes in Tampa Bay. They are not people made it seem like this year that their defense was so elite. Their defense came together at the right time. And for whatever reason, Tom Brady galvanized the troops and they got it done. But it's not like they were invincible. They have holes at, uh, I don't say they have holes at receiver because I feel like that makes me, makes it seem like they don't have uh, one of their top receiving cores. They they are about five deep at receiver. They have, they have tight ends, they have running backs, um, and they have defensive players. So there was no excuse for the loss. Um, it was just a bad loss. Washington did what they had to do. They put some runs together. Uh, you're right, Gibson had a, a monster of a game. I, think he, I don't know why, but I feel like he just needs to be, they just need to go ahead and make him their quarterback of the future because he can throw the ball. And that's just what it was. They got caught in the trap. Absolutely. Marvin. We have said the word blueprint many times this and last season of the wire regarding uh, the Bucks defense exposing some secrets in Kansas City. Do you think that Tampa Bay needs to worry about uh, other teams watching this game on the tapes? Because uh, I got an interesting fact. This is real statistical. This is old school, you know, just those best or beach best sports statistics here. But Brady only saw... 21% man coverage from the Washington defense, which is the lowest it's been for him since 2016. That's there's a there's something different 
about the way they handled uh, defending Tom Brady. We saw a shift in what Kansas City was able to do this year. And we've talked about blueprint there. Do you think it's something the Buccaneers need to focus on? Mm, yeah, because it's gonna it's gonna rear its ugly head in the postseason if they don't if they don't get it together. I mean, in that department. Um it's like uh, Trey said, you know, even though they were absent of weapons, you still expect Tom Brady to get it done with, you know, some of the, you know, above average players that he has, you know, with the Bucks. So really, I, I think what it is, it's the defense. Defense is not, with the injuries, is not living up to the standard that we thought they were going to, that they that we thought they were going to have going into the season. No, it's been a lot so. They've had some glaring holes, especially in the secondary. So if they don't clean, if they don't clean up, like you know, that statistical category, as you said, and the defensive woes, I mean, they're gonna, they're they're not gonna make it to the Super Bowl. We saw what the, the Cowboys did to the Falcons. Sorry, Trey, but we saw what the Cowboys did to the Falcons and the defense for the for the Cowboys is, you know, they've been impressive all season. You know, minus that game against the Broncos. But if they meet again, the Bucks and the Cowboys meet again, and the Bucks are still struggling the way they are now, um, it's it's gonna it's you know Tom Brady's looking at not getting that eighth ring. So I, I don't know. Oh boy, oh boy, it was almost unquestionable for some folks at the start of the season. Uh, Trey, what do you think, man? We we've talked a lot about blueprints. Do you think that? Uh, the Buccaneers need to be cognizant that some defenses may have been taking a look at how Washington football handled things this week. You can take a look at it all you want to, but the Washington football team has the defense to do what they did. I mean, you just don't go around with elite defense. Everybody doesn't go around with elite defense. If they did, then it can be, be a lot harder. But I think we all know the blueprint when it comes to Tom Brady. If you get him to, touch, to tap in his toes, then you can throw him off his game. And that's always been the case. That's how the Giants won their Super Bowl. That's how um, that's how you beat Tom Brady. You make him move in the pocket. You get him uncomfortable. But the front seven of Washington is exactly what they did. They didn't play man because they. I don't think that they don't feel as strong with their back um, with their uh, DBs. Um, but they stuck to what their strength was, which is their front seven, and they got to Tom Brady, they made him uncomfortable, and they covered up the mistakes with TV. These are always, this is the, the way they should be Tom Brady. It's hard to do, it's easier said than done. Trust, I understand that, but it's not like it's some magical formula. It's the same formula that it's always been for the past 20 seasons. And for the next 20 seasons, because the man's have been... <laughs> All right, let's move on. I, I love how everything just segues so smoothly this week. We talked about Tom Brady. Let's talk about the New England Patriots, who are now on a four-game winning streak. Uh, they improved to six and four this week when they just destroyed the Cleveland Browns. Uh, final score, 45 to seven. I don't get to say just destroy very often uh, this season. But uh, Mac Jones, man, he was 19 for 23 at 198 yards. He had three touchdowns. Ooh, I don't want to get it wrong. Rahamandre, wrong, close. Stevenson. Yes, well, Ramondre. Uh, <laughs> 
rushed for a hundred yards and another pair of touchdowns. Uh, do keep in mind, Cleveland was absent Mayfield. They didn't have Chubb, uh, at least that I didn't see on the stats, uh, among other injuries uh, that I'm sure that you guys will get into. My first, obviously, we want to go around and get your takeaway from uh, Cleveland losing this bad to the now uh, four-game strong New England Patriots. Let's start off with three. Oh, wait, did we just come off for you? Yeah, let's go to Mars. Um, sorry. <laughs> Go for it, Marvin. Oh, well, I mean, it's just like what you said. You know, them being absent of Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb, they weren't going to do anything against a, a Patriots defense that's been very impressive all season. They've had one of the best rush defenses in the league, um, one of the best pass defenses in the league. Um, you know, I just I, them going to the, into this game was – I thought it was going to be low scoring because both offenses with two good defenses, I thought that would, you know, kind of balance out the game. But with Baker Mayfield being out and them and putting Casey, Case Keenum in the game, uh, Bill Belichick, you know, he he's made a field day of making advantage, taking, you know, making an example of backup quarterbacks, <laughs> especially Case Keenum. Um, so they weren't going to have any success. And, um, this is it, it was just kind of a disappointment for the Browns defense. Um, even though like the offense couldn't really do much, so it kept the defense on the field. But I expected them to you know, get to Mac Jones and pressure him a lot more, especially since the, the Browns have been good at them all season. They haven't really allowed more than 16 points a game. Like, and that that was that's a stat to, to highlight and, and that changed on Sunday. So um, you know, we'll see going forward, you know, what the Browns can do from here. Um, Baker Mayfield's injury is something to look at. He's been banged up all season with the shoulder, with the knee. Nick Chubb has been in and out all season. Uh, their offense have really taken a hit. And I've always, I'm not a diehard Browns fan, but I, I like seeing them win. I like to see Ohio teams do well. Um, but I will say this, the Browns are about five pieces away. You subtract five pieces from this team. They're close to being the old Browns if they keep it up. <laughs> That's what's scaring me. I don't want them to go back to what they used to be because if you take it only takes big losses like this <laughs> for them to go down a rabbit hole <laughs> as a franchise. So I hope that, you know, this this Baker Mayfield injury is not more serious than what it is because the Patriots embarrassed them, but you hope this is not going to be a weekend and week out thing. Hopefully the Browns can get it together. Um, if Case Keenum has to be the starter from here on out, he's got to be a game manager. I mean, you've got one of the best defenses in the league. So, I, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Trey, what do you think, man? This is probably not the score that, that we expected, uh, given the defenses involved. But what do you make? What's your biggest takeaway of Cleveland versus New England? Cleveland didn't have their starters. And Cleveland didn't have their starting quarterback. Um, what, what's the coach's name for New England? Um, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. He's got six rings. And we know what he is against quarterbacks. If you give him a week to dial up against a quarterback who's unproven with his defenses and his offense is not going to commit any turnovers, 
and this is what you're gonna get. That's really it's Bill Belichick. I think because I think because we lost he lost Tom Brady that people forgot that he was a great coach. Um, and they like to go back to his time with the Browns, and they like to go back to his other his other uh, exploits with the team before the Browns with the Giants. But if you're gonna give him a week, he's gonna figure out how to be. He's gonna take your your best offensive weapon away. And he's gonna lock you down defense. This is what you're gonna do. Absolutely. Uh, that spurred another question that's not on the outline, so I apologize, guys. You got to think on your toes. But who do you give uh, the the rights of success to on the Patriots? Is it uh, Bill Belichick for his schemes and his his way of the defense, like you mentioned, um, or is this in Mac Jones' hands, who had a who had an incredible day, Marvin? Um. This is uh this is Bill Belichick. This is Bill Belichick putting his team in a position to win. Um, I mean, Mac Jones had a good day, but I think if you take that coach out of that equation, I don't think Mac Jones is as successful because he is a rookie quarterback still going through his progressions. And the fact that he has one of the greatest coaches of all time <laughs> to guide him um, says a testament to his game. You know, so I think that, you know, the credit should go, majority of it should go to Bill Belichick. But uh, you can't ignore the fact that Matt Jones is an extension now of Bill Belichick on the field the same way. Uh, you know, Tom Tom Brady, you know, I'm not saying Matt Jones is Tom Brady, but I'm just saying when you are the quarterback playing under Bill Belichick, you are extension of him on the field. <laughs> so... Uh, Mac Jones is in is in great hands with a great coaching staff, legendary coaching staff. So uh, you know you got to give it to Bill Belichick. He, this is what he does. He puts his team in a position to win. And so, um, as long as the Patriots are competitive, as long as he's the coach, he's going to put Mac Jones in positions where he can where he can be successful. Uh, Trey, uh, do you tend to agree with that statement? I do. I mean, it, it, yeah. As long as Coach Belichick is Mag, Mag and Mag Jones has the talent. But not to get that, he he definitely has the talent. But as long as he listens to Bill Belichick and they follow that Patriot way, he doesn't exactly the way Bill Belichick designs it up, and that's an absolute. Now let let me ask you guys this: With the AFC sitting the way it is, uh, and currently we're like what ten weeks into the season. It really has become an any team's race to to the end at this point for the AFC. Do you think that Belichick has an opportunity here to make a decent playoff run this season? It's anybody's game. It's literally anybody's game. Like I was saying earlier in both in the both at the with so many games left, you, you don't know. Who's going to turn it around? We don't know who's going to fall. And then Patriots have a big, uh, the football gods have uh, a big part to play in all of it. So it's been an exciting season, and I expect an exciting playoff game. What about you, Marvin? What do you think, man? Uh, do you think Belichick's got an opportunity here? Yeah, I think he's got a shot in that division. I mean, when you look at it, and I think they've got a great shot at making the wild card if they can 
continue to keep it up, you know, um, like uh, Trey was saying, it's a long season. So a lot of teams that have had hot starts could fall. A lot of teams that have gotten off to bad starts could, you know, catch fire and, uh, you know, race for that wild card. It's all about who wants it more. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with the next, what, six weeks left of the season, you know, teams make a strong push. And uh, I think the Patriots are one of those teams that can make a strong push because of their defense. All right. Well, uh, I know I said it would open up for NBA, but we got a little bit of time here, and then we're going to run out. So I actually have another game I pulled up, and it's because I never make amends. When we all make amends, I never do it because I'm hosting, right? So I don't have to do that. I am going to make amends and bring this game to the table because I can't even say the score without making the amends. There, we, we don't do Tom Brady slander on the wire, but we have been slandering one Patrick Mahomes, and he seems to have at least turned it around this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. He put up 406 yards with five touchdowns. Uh, he did also throw the ball 50 times, but he connected 35 of those times. Um, no interceptions this week. I didn't see any fumbles on the stat sheet anywhere. Uh, guys... What do you? I, did you expect it to go this way um, with Derek Carr out there? And uh, what, what do you make of this Kansas City Las Vegas matchup? Whoever wants to start it off. Uh, I think it was the city was crazy. I was out here. Um, the city was crazy. I will say, I think. Patrick Mahomes had a great game, but if you really watch, sit back and watch some of the passes that he made, he still made bad decisions. They just happened to work out. So this was his magic up until this season when defenses started learning. But he he made some. I think he made a couple of left-handed throws. Um, he threw in into, into doubles, triple coverage. Like he made some really bad. Stuff. He tried to. I saw what they tried to do. And they were. He was doing a lot of check downs, but he can't get rid of that itch to just make bad throws. And but it worked out this week. So kudos to him. Marvin, we talked about how Las Vegas shouldn't be ignored. Uh, did you expect this game to go the way it did? Um, no, I I was I was shocked. I was not expecting uh, the Chiefs to really kind of turn it around. I really thought that they were heading into a hole, especially with the way Patrick Mahomes has been playing. He's thrown an interception in every game he's played in. And Derek Carr has been trending up. Derek Carr has been actually a top 10 quarterback this season. You got to give him his credit. Um, you know, playing with, you know, the all the circuit. Yeah. I was there. Um, I make my amends to <laughs> my amends to Patrick Mahomes <laughs> this week because I really thought that they were they were trending in the wrong direction. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Um, I honestly didn't see this coming because the Chiefs have one of the worst defenses in the league. So uh, you know it was, it was shocking, you know. But the the, the Raiders. Are absent of weapons, you know, they don't have Henry Ruggs anymore. Aaron Waller can't do everything. Um, so, um, I mean, this is just a bad game for the Raiders, but I think that they'll be all right. All right. All right. Well, I'm not going to slander on them this week. 
Uh, obviously, I'm not scared to do it, but uh, she's at home. She's probably smiling because Patrick Mahomes did have a, a, a an incredible day. Why don't we go ahead and tee this up for next week? Because I sense some hesitation from Marvin. I, I bet I bet we'll we get Sahi and Richie in here. We probably tune it up a little bit. Let's do top five quarterbacks next week. How about that? And, and another thing that we uh, we gave the dues to the offense. Let's break down defense a little bit more next week. Uh, I know we got into the def- defensive ends and defensive tackles, but let's break into defense a little bit more. Unless there's another week of crazy games. Uh, fellas, did you have anything else you want to talk about before we roll? Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> Free raise on Rondo. He needs to start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Russ, Russ needs to talk to any Laker legend that there is and have a deep conversation about what counts the most. Because I, Trey, I, Justin, I just, <sighs> Russ is Russ, man. Like, he makes me want to bang my head against the wall sometime like I just don't understand his decision making I watched the game the other night and the Lakers were the Lakers were up all the Lakers had to do was just like play you know play the play in the clock and it just seemed as if Russ Russ just I don't know man it's not like he's trying to save the day but he just he just melts down and just like the like the worst most crucial moment and you're like why Russ why turn over the ball now <laughs> like we're about we're literally about to win it's like he can't help himself so I hope that I'm praying that, that the Lakers can really turn this around that they can develop more chemistry LeBron can come back Rondo get more minutes take the ball out of Russ's hands Russ needs to come off the bench. I've had this long rant about Russ prepared. I don't have enough time, but please, please, Russ, if you can hear us from the wire, stop turning over the damn basketball, please. Stop taking <laughs> jump shots when you know you can't shoot. Why are you taking jump shots with Russ in a minute? And not only just bad three shots, three point shots. You had Carmelo at the top of the, I'm not gonna get into it, cause this pissed me off. He's be here mellow. Day, like, we just, you know, 5% at home. And he's at the easiest three-point shot you can make at the top of the key. But you you wave him off and take a contested. <laughs> and you can't shoot. It's, 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 com- it's comical, man. It's comedy. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all. When you walk, pull up some Russ highlights, and I mean, because I got my dude trolling me every day. He's like, man, you see Russ? <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't want to look, bro. <laughs> that's like, my basketball. Man, that's we were I'm trying to give it to the, the high percentage guy. Let's just take this bad twenty nine percent. He reminds me like if, like I've been a shooter in basketball and like in life, and he reminds me like of myself. Like if I'm just just jacking up shots, like man, Marv, what are you doing? <laughs> like just shooting from anywhere, like hits the back other side of backboard. I mean, he's got a lot of low lights, man. I, I just I, maybe we can trade him, Trey, Justin. Maybe maybe at the deadline, the Lakers could do something. I mean, you got to give him to the. I'll give him to December sixteenth. I give him. To, <laughs> I give him one more month. So I've seen enough. Man, we have traded. We have traded the disrespect. We took it off of Patrick Mahomes and we shifted it right over <laughs> to the Lakers. Uh, you got a guy. Talking about it. Uh, 
one thing I didn't forget before we pop out of here, TJ Watt went down in that game uh, this week. TJ Watt, this obviously one of the star defensive players at the Pittsburgh Steelers, down and did not come back. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. Uh, that could be a big impact to an already sinking ship. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook and on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Anchor FM. And uh, we want to thank Anchor FM for making this possible for us. And uh, if you've been trying to figure out how do I start a podcast, that's the place to go. It's free. It links up to Spotify. They're the same company. They will get you distrib- distrib- yeah, distributed um, instantly to all of the platforms. You won't have any trouble there. You can edit it uh, right on the website. If you don't have any editing background, you can make your podcast happen right there at anchor.fm. We owe them a lot. They've, they've made this possible, so we're super excited. Let us know what you think about the stories. Um, and if there's anything you'd like to see us go at it, about next week in the comments in the review section and uh that's it for the wire we'll see you this wednesday and every wednesday oh don't forget h2g podcast comes on fridays and uh this one is a whopper as well went over most significant events in human history so uh great conversation there and uh more to come we'll see you soon